This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. As Liverpool prepare for what will surely be a night full of blood, thunder and definitely drama. And that not just on the pitch, but perhaps in the dugouts as well at Anfield against Atletico Madrid in the last 16 of the Champions League. Time to head behind enemy lines here on Blood Red. I'm Guy Clark and joining us for a brief update on Atletico Madrid. Three weeks on from the last time the Reds took on Diego Simeone's side is Spanish football expert Alvaro Romeo. Alvaro, thanks a lot for your time. Great to catch up with you and uh, yeah, brilliant to uh, to have you along with us. No, no worries at all. In terms of where Atletico come into this game, obviously they won at the Wanda Metropolitano. That was a, a game that, I, I suppose, going into it, a lot of people were predicting Liverpool to win, given how well Liverpool have been getting on this season. But it was a bit of a turn-up for the books. So I was just wondering, the feeling in Spain, what it's done for Atletico's season, if it's rejuvenated them and the impact it's, it's really had for them? Well, I think that Atletico de Madrid beating Liverpool is something that... Uh nobody expected or very few expected and in fact uh, we all thought that the game was going to be similar to how it developed in the Wanda Metropolitano with Liverpool having the control of the game but uh, the early goal from Saul Niguez uh, changed the scenario a lot uh, because then Liverpool needed to score to have the possession all the time and uh, they just couldn't score a goal they couldn't clear, create a really clear chance and uh, Liverpool ended up losing that game. Uh, all that said, Atletico de Madrid uh, probably was lucky to get a win because a draw would have been a more fair result. And after the game, there was the that feeling that uh, despite uh, the tremendous effort that Atletico did, um, that was something that uh, over 90 minutes is possible to sustain. But over 180 minutes, if you are pretty much locked yourself in your own penalty box, it's going to be very difficult not to concede a goal uh, in the course of 180 minutes. So Atletico was happy with the scoreline at Wanda Metropolitano, but probably they are still very aware of the danger that Liverpool means. Yeah, we sort of know sort of all well and good that Liverpool obviously didn't have a shot on target in the game, but they, they did have chances in the match, just not with a shot on target. Obviously, Alvaro Morata had a couple of goes in the game. The, the save that he forced from Alisson in the first half and slipping on the penalty spot, I, I suppose you just left to wonder from the Atletico viewpoint how costly they could be because coming with just a one-goal lead to Anfield, I'm sure Diego Simeone doesn't need reminding that that is obviously a precarious position that Atletico find themselves in. Yes, it is. And Diego, Diego Simeone knows how difficult playing against a team from Jurgen Klopp is. Uh, both managers uh, admire each other and I believe that for the right reasons. I mean, they both uh, make the most of the resources they've got. Diego Pablo Simeone did that so well in the 2012-2016 period. At the minute, Atletico de Madrid is uh, obviously in a, in a transitional period, whereas Liverpool is at the peak of their powers. All right, perhaps in February or at the beginning of March, they haven't been that convincing, but still, uh, they have done the job in Premier League. Uh, they are totally capable of uh, turning the situation around in the Champions League. And uh, Atletico probably will be thinking, it's a real shame that we didn't go score one more goal because for all the possession and all the um, control that Liverpool had at the Wanda Metropolitano, Atletico de Madrid had a couple of really uh, 
uh, nice counterattacks to score a second goal. Uh, so probably they are regretting not having scored the second goal because a one nil uh, lead going to Anfield, uh, it's definitely very precarious for Atletico. Yeah, it certainly does seem that way. And I suppose for Atletico Madrid as well, they obviously reached, you, you mentioned before, sort of the, the golden period, I suppose, for Simeone with Atletico Madrid reaching a couple of finals. But last year, they got through to the, the last 16 round. They played Juventus. They got a 2-0 lead at home against Juventus. And it looked as though that would probably be enough going to Turin. But of course, Cristiano Ronaldo stepped up with a hat-trick on that occasion and knocked out Atletico. I just wonder, with players like Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah in the Liverpool side, if that's perhaps just in the back of the heads of some of these Atletico players. Well, I think that, that will be at the back of Atletico de Madrid players' mind. But also what Liverpool did to Barcelona will be very present. At the end of the day, they inflicted the 4-0 to Barcelona. And that was a shocking result for Spanish football, because Barcelona normally doesn't uh, end up losing after winning uh, 3-0 in the, in the first leg. So I believe that there are obviously enough precedents between Liverpool and Spanish teams to know that Liverpool is a very dangerous team. And uh, Diego Pablo Simeone is not complacent at all. I'm sure that he has prepared his squad to be ready for the perfect storm at Anfield. The good thing for Atletico de Madrid is that little by little they have recovered some players that... Uh, for various reasons, they weren't ready to, to play in the first leg. Uh, the likes of Joao Felix, uh, the likes of Kieran Trippier, even Diego Costa, they all look uh, fitter than they looked three weeks ago. And that is obviously a positive thing for Atletico de Madrid. They've got more squad available to play a game of this caliber. But again, at the beginning of the tire, I, I say that uh, if logic prevails, Liverpool should go through in this tire and I still believe that despite what happened at Wanda Metropolitano Yeah we know how dangerous logic can be in football Alvaro but in terms of a couple of the, the names you picked out there one player I wanted to ask you about particularly was a guy who's got a lot of history up against Liverpool from his days with Chelsea in the Premier League and that being Diego Costa because he was facing a race against time to be fit for the first game he was on the bench but this injury he's got and the surgery he's had to have is actually quite a complex issue for him is it not? It is. It is very complex. And uh, we all know that Diego Costa's game relies a lot on how brutal he can be against defenders and how he can outmuscle them. Well, they say, reports say that last Wednesday, um, Diego Costa couldn't complete a training drill that relied on uh, heading the ball because uh, probably... Not every English supporter knows this, but uh, Diego Costa has a, a disc, a metal plaque inserted in uh, around his uh, neck area, uh, and uh, he's uh, finding it very difficult to head the ball at the minute, and he's not confident when it uh, comes to heading the ball. Obviously, once the game is started, I'm sure that Diego Costa will be pumped as well by the atmosphere on Fanfield, and he may forget a little bit... Uh, about his uh, the adversities that he's been facing lately. But, uh, yeah, he's not a 100% fully fit Diego Costa. And this can only play in uh, Liverpool's favour because uh, I think that Diego Costa and Virgil van Dijk both picking at the same time would have been a, a really fascinating battle because if any player can uh, grind your gears and uh, take you out of control, it's a player like Diego Costa at his peak. But that Diego Costa hasn't been seen in Spanish football for over a year now. So will he switch on for the Anfield game? Look, I tell you what, nothing is impossible with Diego Costa, but I think that that is very unlikely. I mean, 
he hasn't been fit for about six months now. Is he going to be fit suddenly now for a game in Anfield? I don't think so. After he played against Liverpool at the Wanda Metropolitano, he only played 25 more minutes in La Liga. This is not enough time to be fully percent ready for a game of this uh, of this uh, importance. Yeah, no, definitely not. It sounds quite a worrying injury even for his ongoing career. He, he plays often like sort of a, a man possessed when he, he does play, but with a metal plaque in his neck, as you say, it's almost like the Terminator, but it seems as though it's actually diminished his strength, as it were. But that's obviously good news for Liverpool. I suppose coming up against a player like Joao Felix, though, probably isn't, because this was a kid who was really reported as one of the hottest properties around Europe Atletico got his services in the summer and now he's fit and he'll be coming to Anfield as part of the, the side that Demi, uh, Diego Simeone names, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, I watched the game between Atletico de Madrid and Sevilla uh, on Saturday and I have to say that Joe Felix looked already sharp. He looked good. He was capable of uh, doing solo runs. He dribbled past a couple of players and what uh, really gets my definitely my admiration about this guy is the fact that he does the things very simply. He can really control and get hold of very difficult passes and then uh, send fantastic deliveries to his teammates. And I think that Diego Costa or Almaro Morata, if he finally is uh, fit enough to play, will benefit from the Portuguese guy. Uh, with uh, Joao Felix, his stint at Atletico de Madrid hasn't been uh, fulfilling yet because he picked an injury at the beginning of the season. Then he found it uh, difficult to adapt to Diego Pablo Simeone's uh, work ethics in the sense that uh, Simeone is always asking uh, a lot of uh, hard work and sacrifice to his strikers. But uh, at the same time, he seems to have understood what Simeone wants from him. And now that he's 90, 95% ready, he's going to be probably the biggest threat of Atletico de Madrid uh, going ahead to Anfield. Yeah, definitely is really sort of all building to what could be a key game in both sides' seasons, really. And last question I just wanted to ask you, Alvaro, was about the stadium itself, the setting of the location. Because in the first leg, the Wanda Metropolitano seemed to be such a key factor in the game, the way in which Simeone was whipping up the home support. You've already mentioned, of course, Barcelona coming to Anfield, the last knockout game in the Champions League that was at Anfield. What a magical night that was. I just wonder what your feelings are on how important this game being at Anfield could actually be in the context of the whole tie? Oh, that's a massive thing. Uh, I believe that Anfield on its own can help uh, a team win win a game, well, the local team, Liverpool. And uh, Atletico de Madrid will have to face not only what it, what it is, in my opinion, the best team in the world at the minute, which is Liverpool, despite their sleep in uh, winter, but also one of the most intimidating football stadiums in the world. Not only because uh, Anfield gets crowded, uh, because the noise in there is very special and uh, they can lift the spirits of Liverpool players. So I think that if Atletico de Madrid manages to go through, they will have probably passed the ultimate test in current football, which is winning a game at Anfield. And statistics prove that. I mean, when was the last time that Liverpool lost a game in there? I mean, uh, you have to go... Uh, a long way back to find the defeat of Liverpool in Anfield in a very important game. Yeah, you're certainly not wrong there, Alvaro. Thank you very much for your time. Been great to uh, catch up with you as always. And uh, yeah, thanks for giving us the lowdown on Simeone's men. It's been my pleasure. Take care.
Alvaro Romeo, Spanish football expert, looking ahead with us to the game between Liverpool and Atletico Madrid under the lights at Anfield. What a special atmosphere it will be. And it will be a night that certainly could shape the destiny of both sides' seasons. Thanks a lot for joining us on Blood Red. Wherever you do get your podcasts and audio on demand, as always, it is very much appreciated. Don't forget, we'll have a night full of action to reflect on in our post-game podcast on Wednesday evening. Do join us then if you can. And until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.